Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. The Council of Franks, on behalf of delicious Oscar Mayer 100% Beef Franks, has declared its official position. Oscar Mayer 100% Beef Franks are 100% Beef Frank delicious. This summer, choose delicious. Choose 100% Beef. Keep it Oscar. What up, everybody? Welcome to Fight Game Podcast Extra. Only the fourth episode of this show, and it's already been a blast. Uh, I love doing this show. Gives me a a little bit of uh, different, unique creativity to do a different show than the one that John and I do, the Fight Game Podcast. But speaking of John, John is joining me on this episode. Uh, First, though, Robert Silva joins me. And we're going to talk about Ryan Garcia and Tank Davis. Now, if you're listening to this after Saturday night, uh, you know, it's a little bit outdated. You could fast forward uh, 30 minutes or so if you don't want to hear. Robert and I also talk about some boxing politics stuff and, you know, bringing back HBO boxing, which is really what I want. Uh, And it's not just about that fight. So you may find value even if you listen post Saturday night, if you're as you already know who's going to win the fight. But uh, Robert has been uh, someone who I've brought onto the old school fight game podcast show a lot. With with the, with uh, John and I, what we do on F4W, it's so wrestling focused. Uh, we don't really talk about boxing, so I haven't had a chance to bring Robert on anything. But now that I have this show, the Fight Game Media Network, I do want to talk more about boxing, UFC as well. So there'll be more of that stuff. But you know, you're still going to get pro wrestling stuff because that's kind of. That's that's what it feels like. That's what people want to listen to the most. But you know, change if if that changes. I can I can I love boxing. I love MMA. I I can do more of that stuff if that's if I hear that people are interested in it. So Robert Silva joins me, and then I bring John on because I kind of wanted to tell the story of the Fight Game podcast, which is what John and I have been doing now for probably five years, maybe even longer. 
Uh, it was an idea of mine, and I just needed, kind of needed that partner, and, and John became that partner for me. Uh, but I tell the whole genesis of that and how we then got to be on F4W. We were on Blue Wire. This network right now is on Blue Wire. We talk about the origin story of the Fight Media Network, the shows that I did with John Moxley, the stuff that I've done with Big Dave, uh, and just all of the podcasters that have uh, joined me and John on this journey of trying to do a podcast network. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun going down memory lane, and we even talk about how I first met John. John was doing a little cold marketing for Premier Wrestling, which was his uh, wrestling promotion uh, that I, I just became a giant fan of. And so we talk about that, how he's sliding into my Facebook Messenger DM there to, to reach out to me to see if I wanted to come to his show. So uh, yeah, check it out. Robert Silva, John LaRocca, and I... And uh, let's kick the show off now. All right, and welcome my first guest to the Fight Game Podcast Extra, our fourth episode of the new show. And this is a this is an old favorite. If you listen to this show even before we got on F4W. This guy was on every time there was a big boxing fight upcoming. Robert Silva, what is going on, man? Hey, Garrett. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, because I'm going to have a lot of my listeners from my other podcasts listening on this, this is the man that gave me the nickname The Great Robert Silva. <laughs> and then I just added the original to the front of it. And that's how I got the name, the OG Robert Silva, the OG Rob Silva. What's up, Garrett? That, uh... Yeah, that I—I I mean, you know, you know this because I wanted you to write for the website when we were still right. doing a lot of writing, and that at some point may come back. We've we've kind of put a pause on it, but you know, when when uh, our, our our both of our friend Big D when he yes. was like, hey, you know, this guy Robert just knows so much, and he kind of introduced us a little bit. I was like, ah, oh, this guy's this guy's fantastic. Uh, I want to pick his brain and. Uh, over the years, you know, we've had some really great conversations. And with this upcoming fight, uh, actually later today, as of when, when this goes live. So, you know, this segment doesn't have won't have a lot of legs past uh, Saturday night. But I want to talk to you about the Garcia and, and Tank Davis fight, because there's an interesting I, I don't I don't want to put too much pressure on this fight, but there is an opportunity here that boxing has to really showcase uh, two young, great fighters in their prime fighting mm -hmm. each other. Yes. Neither of them, you know, this is not Mayweather and Pacquiao where both of them were, were long in the tooth. Now, that helped on the box office end because we were just waiting and waiting and waiting. And when they finally did it, you know, it just did crazy numbers. But I feel, and this is as a boxing fan, historically... The distribution of this product is so all over the place that I almost have to, like, I really have to look hard to find out when the next big fights are coming on. You don't know which service is offering them. And this is an opportunity. And, you know, I was watching a little bit of the All Access on Showtime, and Mike Tyson was talking to Ryan, and he was like, you know, this fight, if it does good numbers, do you think that it could change the politics a little bit? You know, could we, you know, this is the kind of the opposite of, 
Errol Spence and, and Terrence Crawford, right? Where yes. they kind of set the, you know, they kind of throw it out there. Can it happen? And then all of a sudden when it comes to the money and who gets the streaming and who gets the A side, like, it just doesn't happen. And this time it's happening. I almost like didn't even want to jinx it. I'm like, man, we're getting close here. And finally something's going to happen. So what do you think about this whole thing of, you know, did you think that this fight was actually going to happen when they've been talking about it for a couple of years now? Hey, Gary, you, uh, every time I send you the file for my weekly uh, pound for pound podcast, you edit it and you heard the one time when I saw it might not happen. And I, I just went on a, a rant yes. because it was during the same time that Fury Usyk didn't get done and Spence Crawford talks collapsed. And I was like, man, let's just shut up and get it done. Yes. And I was so happy that this fight got signed because, like you said, these are two young fighters in their prime. Tank is 28. Garcia is 24. Javante Davis right now in the United States is the most marketable um, gate-wise. He sells out every arena he fights in, African-American fighter. And Ryan Garcia is the most popular Mexican-American fighter. Yeah. So you've got these two dynamics, and anybody who knows anything in boxing, and Gary, you're half Mexican. Yes. All right? The two most rabid fans in the United States are African-American and Mexican-American boxing fans. Yes. And so you have both these um, fans coming together, both these racial and ethnic ethnicity groups coming together. This fight's going to do huge business. Without a doubt, both on pay-per-view, the fight sold out in minutes. This is going to be a huge fight, and I think it could set a precedent, Garrett, to answer your question, to make these fights with different promotions. Because like you said, Garrett, the, it, it's boxing is all over the place. No longer is it an HBO and Showtime thing where you could have HBO and Showtime fighters maybe come together like when um, Tyson and Lennox Lewis fought, like when Lennox Lewis and Evander Holyfield fought. Like when Pacquiao and Mayweather fought. Now you got the zone, you got uh, PBC, you've got Golden Boy, you got all these different promotional groups and streaming services. Yep. So they put the two most marketable young fighters in the hottest division in boxing right now. 135 pounds has the most talent out of all the divisions because not only do you have. Tanky Garcia, you've got who I've been saying forever is the best young fighter on the planet in Shakur Stevenson at 135 pounds. You have Lomachenko fighting Haney, two of the next of the top five. So those five fighters, Garcia, Tank, Shakur, Haney, Loma, right now we have a talent-lated 135-pound division, and now I'm hoping that these guys begin to fight each other, and in the next two weeks, I mean, in the next four weeks, starting tomorrow, you got Tank and Garcia. And four weeks from today, since this is being aired the day of the fight, you have Lomachenko versus Haney. Sort of like a unofficial tournament with Shakur Stevenson fighting probably the Lomachenko-Haney winner. And hopefully when it's all said and done, Shakur Haney or Shakur Lomachenko or any of those guys fight. Garcia Tank. There's a lot of money to be made with these promotions getting together. They're going to make a ton of money today. Uh, That is like a dream for this Mm -hmm. sport, and they they can't screw it up. Uh, And, you know, politics has always been the the, the biggest thing about fights Mm -hmm. not getting made. But 
What did you think about the weight for this fight? Because, uh, you know, Garcia. Well, no, I don't. I don't. I, it doesn't matter to me because neither fighter are real champions. Javante Davis has a bogus lightweight title. The only lightweight champion that anybody recognizes is Devin Haney because he beat all the champions. He's got. He's the official undisputed champion. Javante Davis has one of those bogus titles that these uh, alphabet super organizations give out so they can rape and rob fighters for sanction and fees in order for them to continue to, to make a living and be in existence. I wish there was a way, Gary, we can get away with these, get, get away from these sanctioning bodies. Yeah. Because all they do is take money from the fighters and rob the fans of, of real fights when they strip fighters of titles for no reason. So the 136, I don't have a problem with it, the the, the contracted weight. Because in, for all intents and purposes, it's a fight between two of the top lightweights in the world. But I guess from the perspective of Garcia is is the, the B-side on this one, so he's giving up some things, including the the uh bigger share of the pie which goes to to Davis mm-hmm. but there's there's you know you you always hear about these little things you know Mayweather would would do this at, I you know, I'm sure Ryan would have maybe been happier fighting at 140 cuz he is the bigger dude and that He's maybe the bigger guy, right? and that and that might take a little bit of uh, of but, Davis's you know, speed but not that, really not really Gary because Tank in the past has had trouble making weight at 130 and 135. Even though Tank is short, you see the way he's built. His nickname's a tank. <laughs> so basically what you're saying is is that the 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 1 pound uh over 135 and the 4 pounds under 140 is not really going to make, make any difference. It makes no difference because after all, they'll both come in the ring at around 145 to 147. Because there is because a tank hydration is, clause, right? Yeah, a tank is built like a tank. That's why, even though he's short, he's five foot five. Look at the way he's built. That's why his nickname is Tank. And Garcia is the taller, slimmer fighter. I don't think the the weight matters at all. Whether it was 136, 138, 140, both at 40, 140, it, it doesn't matter. So. You mentioned uh, HBO, and, and it made me wonder. I, I, I was actually thinking about this as I was watching the the Showtime All Access because I, I even asked you. I was like, "Did they even do one for this fight?" It's and, not the same, Garrett. Remember when HBO had the twenty four seven? Yes. Everybody watched that before the pay per views. Now All Access. You had to ask me was one. <laughs> I, know. I stopped watching the All Accesses when um Floyd Mayweather retired. So my question to you is. HBO uh, is uh, run by Warner Brothers Discovery, mm-hmm. and they rebranded what was HBO Max to a service Max. called Max. Yeah, yeah. And the idea behind Max is to make that fan base uh, or make that subscription base a little bit more casual, a little bit more of. Hey, you know, we we can compete with these Netflixes and this Disney Plus, and there's talk now. I don't I don't know about these rumors uh, as far as what's going to happen, but there is talk that AEW could start doing business on the Max but service. That's been a rumor. That's been a rumor for over a year now, right? Right, but yeah. because of this change in the Max service, maybe AEW, maybe pro wrestling didn't really fit 
on HBO, but maybe it does fit on this more general, casual fan Mac service. But my question to you is, if AEW, let's say they start doing their pay-per-view streaming on Max, what stops Warner Brothers Discovery from getting back in the boxing business? Because well, they, they left because they weren't making money on boxing anymore. Um, they were being outbid for fights from by by the zone, by PBC. Um, that's why HBO got out the the boxing business. So I don't know if Warner Brothers, Time Warner, whatever they are now. You said they're Warner Brothers Discovery now. Yeah. I don't know if they want to go back to that because at one point in time, Gary, you know this from watching HBO from when you was a kid. Boxing used to be the biggest programming on HBO. It used oh to yes. Be the highest rated and the most profitable program on HBO but then you had the Sopranos and the Wires and the uh, uh what was the uh, uh, uh the what was the Issa ratio uh uh in insecure, insecure. You, had those, you had those programs come and HBO makes a ton of money off those shows okay but but the streaming side of this thing is kind mm-hmm. of interesting because what what they want to do, and who knows if this can possibly happen, but they want to get upwards of over 100 million subscribers. I think they're probably around 60-something-ish, and they hope that by bringing over this Discovery content that the you know they'll, they'll get more. But let's say all of a well, sudden— no, no one's going to subscribe to that service for Discovery stuff. Nobody watches Discovery on regular cable. <laughs> well, okay, but but this is but this is their you know this is their their game plan, and let's say that you get to a hundred million subscribers, and you know how how else now we got to find live sports. That's kind of the next thing. Do we get some NBA games on this service through our deal with Turner? Wait a minute. So um, they. They still have TNT, TBS under the umbrella, right? Yes. The, currently, the, the the way that streaming works for TNT is they have their own app called like TNT Drama or something. But it, it's 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 worthless. It's it's not a subscription thing. It's Look, just a way to I ha- watch it. I have it on my Apple TV as a way of watching it without because in, in in my apartment I've got two cable boxes and an Apple TV that. Spectrum that I get the Spectrum app and the TNT yeah. and the FX now and all yeah, that app yeah, and I yeah, watch yeah, it through. Yeah. That's how I that's how I watch it in my bedroom, um, and that's why I think a lot of people watch the TNT drama app that way. So I would they combine that and what, well, so what what would happen is is they would probably get rid of that app. They would get rid of the Bleacher like Report did, service. Like they did with HBO On Demand, where they got right. rid of that to put on the HBO Max. Right. And so then they'd run everything through Max. And, and to me, because we talked about this distribution problem, the way that I knew what was going on in boxing was because HBO had almost weekly fights, and then you'd have Jim Lampley talk about stuff, and they'd be previewing big fights. Mm-hmm. And he, Jim Lampley was kind of like the the journalist of boxing. So... That is, to me, I'm not saying that this can happen tomorrow, but, and it doesn't have to be, you know, they don't have to really go deep into it, but man, I, I think boxing is missing that, and I think it would be of of a benefit for boxing to figure out a way to have one voice of the sport to keep everybody updated with what's going on in, in the in the sport, because... 
You know, if you're not in tune to all of these different apps and you're not on Twitter, like you don't know when half of these fights are on. Now, Bob he, Arum is going to stay with ESPN more than likely because I think they like that deal. Oh, but they, they have a great deal with ESPN. And DAZN is going to be on DAZN. That's the whole reason that they have that service. But all these other promoters, De La Hoya, Premier, um, they're they're up for grabs, right? So you could, no, no. Premier has a a, a exclusive deal with Showtime and Fox. Is it so exclusive? And yeah, they they only deal with Showtime and Fox. Like this is a partnership with the Zone, with Golden Boy, because Golden Boy is with the Zone and PBC is with Showtime. So this is Showtime the Zone, um, com a combination promotion, right? I think the Zone gets the pay per view, and I think Showtime gets the replay next week on Showtime, but PBC's with Showtime. They have an exclusive deal with Showtime. I'm not sure with Fox anymore because there hasn't been a Fox PBC <laughs> fight this year. Yeah, I know. So, um, and <clears throat> Golden Boy's with the zone, but you know that they could always leave the zone because at one point Showtime was with ESPN before they went to the zone. Yeah. And Oscar has a long time relationship, long term relationship with HBO Sports. Yeah. I mean, Golden Boy used to be with HBO before they moved to the Zone, so yeah, um, you've got a great point. There. I would love to see it. I would yeah. love to see it because Jim Lampley hasn't announced a fight since he left. I know. Left. Yo, Jeez. I mean, I know mm. uh, Triller signed him to a deal, but that fell apart. I don't. He never want. He never did one fight with them. Yeah, he was <laughs> trying to get some easy money there. He probably knew this was not gonna. You had to act quickly on that deal. <laughs> All right, let's get back to this fight. Uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna pay the 85 bucks and I'm gonna get it. I think uh, Carlos Toro and I are gonna jump on YouTube after the fight and do a recap for the Fight Game uh, Media pa- Network Patreon. Uh, so Davis is a tank. He can hit. He's slick. He's fast. I think you know in, in this style of fight, he, he's he's definitely the favorite. Uh, wh- where are the opportunities for Garcia here? There, there is a Garcia is alive on the dog. I, a lot of people, especially on social media, are calling this a mismatch or that the minute Tank hits Garcia, it's over. It's not that simple. Now, I I agree with most people. My prediction is Tank will win the fight late by knockout, mm-hmm. but it won't be easy because Garcia is much taller. Garcia has a longer reach, and Garcia is a naturally gifted boxer, just like Tank, and Garcia can box. Yep. And I think the plan is, because if you look at Tank's last four or five fights, and he's fought all tall fighters, which is a, which is a, what you call it, which, which is a great, great lead-in to this fight. Yes. Because he's fought all these guys four, five, six inches taller than him, like, a, like Garcia. My problem with Tank is, in those four or five fights, his offensive output has decreased dramatically. And now he's become more cerebral. He takes his time. Yeah. He'll, and he looks for that one shot. If Garcia could somehow, some way build up points, and my prediction is I've got Garcia winning four of the first six rounds and then eventually getting caught late in the fight. But if Garcia could find a way to just stay outside, he's got a beautiful jab. And clinch Tank whenever Tank gets inside and find a way to, <laughs> when Tank catches him with the right uppercut or, or left cross, not get hurt, 
he could win by decision. I don't think it's going to happen, but he has a chance because Garcia has natural boxing ability. And when you look at the way he's been training for this fight, he's training for a long fight. He's training to try and outbox Tank because that's the only way to beat Tank. He's not going to beat Tank in the slugfest. He's got to outbox Tank. And Tank knows this. Tank's going to take his time. But Tank, in all his last four or five fights, Garrett, he has fallen behind. And he's had to, except for the Isaac Cruz fight, where he broke his hand, he had to box Cruz. Mm -hmm. in, the, in the fight with Barrios and Santa Cruz and Garcia, Hector Garcia, he lost several of the early rounds, had to come in and knock the guys out late. Uh, Raleigh Romero, he was just playing with Romero. Romero had no business being in the ring with Tank. But the other three guys gave him problems. And Ryan is better than all those guys. So it's not going to be an easy fight. People, oh, this is this this is a tune-up for Tank, uh, so he can maybe fight Shakur later. It's not that easy. It's going to be a tough fight. It's going to be a very exciting fight, and it's going to be a very intense fight because both men have one punch destructive knockout power. Tank Davis has a great has a great jaw. I've never seen Tank get hurt, but Tank gets hit, and if Garcia can catch him, we will see what happens. If, if Tank ever seriously gets hurt, because he's never been seriously hurt, and Garcia has the type of punching power to hurt, especially that left hook. Another thing, neither man has ever f beaten an all-time great fighter. This is the best opponent both men has faced. So a lot of questions will be answered when it comes to both of their careers and as far as where they go and as far as their ranking among, amongst the best young fighters in the sport today. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. From the business aspect of the sport, it seems like Garcia winning would trigger a rematch here. And, you know, I, I like when I don't have a, you know, when I don't really have a favorite in the fight, I kind of just look like what's the best for the sport. Right. And right. it seems like Garcia winning would be fantastic. Let me tell you something, Gary. If Garcia wins, not only do you get a second big fight because of the rematch clause, but Garcia becomes even more popular. He's yeah. a matinee idol. He's a good looking. He's a beautiful looking dude. The women love him. Right? He's very popular. Garcia's, Garcia wins. It'll be the old saying, like in professional wrestling. The women want to be with him. The men <laughs> want to be him. And that's what's going to happen. If yeah. he, especially if he knocks out Tank, you'll have... The type of Mexican-American star we haven't seen in boxing since Oscar De La Hoya. That would be, that would be amazing. But, you know, also, 
from the Davis perspective, if he does look impressive here, like you said, he's already a giant draw, mm-hmm. and that would that would continue that. For, there's, for but him. there's there's a, there's one thing hanging. There's a ugly elephant in the room. Yes, he he might be going to prison next month. Reason why they're having this fight uh, as soon as possible. They might even if he loses, the rematch clause might not be executed. Right, because um he pled guilty to a hit and run. And his sentencing is next month. I don't know if his lawyers have made a deal with the judge, probably considering how high profile a athlete it is. But who's to say the judge doesn't want to make an example of Javante Davis? Hit why is run, this dude even driving? I don't understand why any major athlete is driving. I don't. You could be a college a college star. Why are you driving? You should have a driver. Yes. <laughs> So yeah, so that that is that is kind of the elephant in the room here for for yeah. that. So um, that's gonna be so. Uh, I like your prediction. That me not really knowing these guys as well as you, I, I always kind of lean towards the, the 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 more slick fighter in a fight like this. But you know, there is this thing where you know if if Garcia can kind of punch down and chop down and and he's you know, got to hurt Tank early. Yeah, yeah. if Tank. If Tank takes his best, Tank is going to do what he's done against Barrios. Because he took punishment from Barrios and Santa Cruz and Romero and Garcia early and Isaac Cruz. And once he found out that they couldn't hurt him, then he would slowly but surely amp up the pressure and then finally put them away. Except for Cruz, he knocked everybody else out. Garcia has the type of punching power. He hits harder than all those guys, probably all those guys combined. Yeah. If he can hurt Tank early and get Tank's respect, we might see uh, similar to uh, when Buster hurt Tyson early and then Tyson was less aggressive. We'll see. We'll see. We'll are you, see. Are you, are, you, are you saying that uh, Tank was partying with Bobby Brown all week? I don't know what take. <laughs> I, that, I don't know what. Was, I don't that know. was Tyson in Japan, right? Him and Bobby I know, Brown yeah, that was, but hanging out. Would, they, I think Tank has trained his ass off for this fight. I don't think there's been any shenanigans because this could be the last big fight he has for a while. Yeah. Considering what might occur next month, so we will we will see. But it's going to be an exciting fight. It's not going to be an easy fight for either fighter. It's going to be intense, and I think with Tank's destructive one-punch knockout power. I think eventually he catches Garcia late, knocks him out. But I wouldn't be mad. And I, matter of fact, I would be ecstatic if Garcia found a way to beat Tank because, like we mentioned earlier in the podcast, Garcia wins this fight. He becomes an overnight boxing megastar because of the Mexican-American population that supports boxing and they're looking for that next superstar. He's only 24 years old. If he beats Tank, he punches his ticket, and and Oscar De La Hoya is dancing in the in, <laughs> in the ring because he's got the new him. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So here, here, why don't we do this? Like, you know, one of the things that, yeah. that I'm doing with this podcast, this extra version, you know, John and I, because now we're you know yeah. we're on F4W, it, it's mostly a wrestling podcast that is mostly a wrestling website, but the origin of this podcast mm-hmm. was really MMA, boxing, pro wrestling. So right. uh, 
I'm I'm already doing stuff with Paul Fontaine for uh, UFC weeks, UFC pay per view weeks. So you know when there's a, when there's a big fight, and you mentioned one in in well, coming we could, in four we weeks. Did, we'll come back in four weeks with yes. Lo Mahaney. Yes. So Definitely. why don't we do that? Yeah. Uh, so you can check out Robert's podcast Pound for Pound on the Fight Game. Uh, Media Network, the free feed. Robert's show goes up every Wednesday morning. He recaps the big fights from the previous uh, weekend. He does a Q&A. And uh, you've been doing this historical overview of your top uh, 40 of the last 40 years. But you finished with with Floyd. You did a three-part. No, I I didn't finish with Floyd. Floyd's number two. Oh, Floyd's number two. All right, I'm going to reveal it right now who number one is. All right, ladies and gentlemen, get your... uh, Seatbelt strapped on. Next Wednesday, part one, it'll be a two-part historical overview of my of who I consider the greatest fighter of the last 45 years. Gary, you want to guess it real quick? Well, let me think. So we would so they would have had to start fighting in, in 1977 and this guy and he started fighting in 77. Uh wait, you've done Hearns, you've done Hagler. <laughs> <laughs> you you in the ball? You you you're right there. You're no, right there. Tell me, tell me. No, you're knocking on the door, man. You did a whole damn series on these guys. So, so it's uh, it's got to be Duran. No, I did a I did an episode on Duran. So it's, it's Sugar Ray. Yep, because Duran is my number twelve. Tommy's my number nine or number eight. Hagler's my number four, and next week, my greatest fighter of the last 45 years, a, f- a fight game media staple throughout the entire run. Yes. Sugar Ray Leonard. Wow. Sugar Ray Leonard. That, that's my greatest, and I start. it'll be a two-part historical overview. Next Wednesday, you hear his welterweight run. When he beat Leonard and Benitez, I'm mean, when he beat Hearns, Benitez, and Duran, then the detached retina, he retires, and I come back the following week with part two, his comeback, his miracle win over Hagler, his second fight with Hearns, and so forth, and then of course, the debacles versus Terry Norris oh, and man. Hector Camacho. Yeah, but those yeah, no, sad but, times. Yeah, and then um, and then the of the following week, so. The next two weeks will be on Sugar Ray Leonard, and then in three weeks I do my review because I'm going to go see it next week of the George Foreman biopic. I love the damn uh, trailer. I think this is going to be an Oscar-type uh, really? movie. Yes. I. Hey, you got Forrest Whitaker in a movie? All right? Forrest Whitaker doesn't do crap. Everything he does is huge. It's quality. And the guy who plays George Foreman from the trailer looks the part, acts the part. I, I think this is going to be Oscar worthy. And but so are we'll they? See. Do you think they're only are they tackling the comeback, or are they going to tackle? You look this at whole the trailer; career? it's his entire career, okay. including his childhood, growing up in Houston, Texas, going to Job Corps. The entire, and by the way, you you you'll be interested to know this: Michael K. Williams was supposed to play his trainer, ah. and before they started filming, he died. Yeah. And Forrest Whitaker took his spot. And I think Forrest Whitaker plays that character better. He looks more like the uh, George Foreman's mentor and trainer as a, as a young boy than uh, Michael K. Williams. So it, it's perfect casting. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it's going to be good, I'm going to definitely see it as well. So that, that'll be good. The only problem I got with the trailer 
is the guy who plays Ali. It he looks like a cartoon, mm. and I'm I'm hoping he doesn't have a lot of screen time because, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to see a accurate portrayal of Muhammad Ali, one night in Miami, yeah, that was good. Young man that played Ali played it better than Will Smith. Anybody ever played Ali? That young man should be playing Ali, not. Uh, this guy, but anyway, I digress. <laughs> Go ahead. All right, no, so that that that's uh, so that's the next few weeks on pound for pound. But then we're also doing some stuff for the Patreon. You you have this ongoing series, Life and Times of Muhammad Ali. We will put the third episode out uh, probably a couple days mm-hmm. after people hear this. You can go to patreon.com front slash fight game media, and uh, you can check out. All of the bonus shows that Robert has done, uh, we even reviewed. We even reviewed. We reviewed uh, the Tyson. We reviewed One Night in Miami, which is on the Patreon, and we reviewed the Tyson uh, docudrama yeah. that occurred on Hulu, on Hulu. last year. Yeah. Uh, Garrett and I. And real quick before we go on, on the Ali, it's it's the ten greatest fights, the most important fights in Muhammad Ali's career, and. The first two are up already. He's about to put the, th- the third one up. The first fight was the Phantom Punch fight versus Sonny Liston. The second one was his November 1965 total domination of Floyd Patterson. And in this third fight is the fight that my father said was Ali's greatest performance, his November 1966 fight versus Cleveland Williams. Ladies and gentlemen, I wasn't born back then. I'm not that old. I've been 55 <laughs> in two weeks. Two weeks from today, but I'm not that old. All of the commentary that I do on Ali's career and what was going on in America at the time, in the world at the time, is stuff that my father told me, conversations I had with my father throughout my lifetime. So this is a passion project because this is dedicated to my father who, you know, Thomas Hearns was my idol when I first started watching boxing in 1977. Well, uh, my father was Ali when he first started fighting in 1960. So my father gave me a million stories, and I repeat those stories. And and then a, a bonus for the listeners out there that subscribe to the Patreon. I recreate the broadcast. I give you the timestamp. I tell you to mute the 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 YouTube uh, footage, and then I reannounce the fight, blow by blow. <laughs> there you go. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, as as Robert likes to say, uh, the great Robert Silva. Thanks for doing this, and we'll be back. Uh, you and I will come back when uh, when we Loma, get to Haney and Lomachenko. Loma versus in, in exactly four weeks. Perfect. All right, John LaRocca is here with me, as everybody who probably listens to this knows. John and I do the Fight Game podcast on F4W Wrestling Observer. We've been doing a version of the Fight Game podcast for many, many years now. And the reason why I have John on is because I kind of wanted to go over the origin of the podcast, the origin of this network, uh, how he and I met, uh, his booking days from from Premiere, which is where I really got to know him. So, John, thanks for jumping on. And, you know, there's double dose of us this week because the uh, Fight Game podcast where we talked about Dynamite, uh, that is up on uh, on its feed and on the F4W website. And now we get to talk about kind of a, a little bit of a, a different topic here for the Fight Game podcast extra. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is really cool. We're yeah. talk about some history, our own history here with Fight Game podcast, how it started and... 
um, how we met and you reminded me about this <laughs> on our fight game podcast this week <laughs> that I slid into your DMs. So uh, I, I, now I do remember as you mentioned it when I was hitting the hitting the ground running with promoting yeah. uh, Premiere and, you know, some cold trying. marketing there. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you. I didn't know what it was. I just did it. You know, I was like, you know, find wrestling wrestling fans in Gilroy, California. Yes. On Facebook. So uh so yeah, so when um so I had been doing a version of the Fight Game podcast. Fight Game Media was originally called fightgameblog.com. And my idea behind Fight Game Blog was I wanted to have a few writers and originally, I just wanted to really do MMA stuff because I was really getting into MMA. Pro wrestling is kind of boring because it was mostly WWE at that point. And I was like, oh, maybe there's this MMA thing that we can kind of <laughs> get in on, on the ground floor. And not really the ground floor, but there weren't as many wrestling websites or MMA websites as there were wrestling websites. So I created Fight Game Blog. Uh, Alan 4L, people know Alan 4L, uh, his buddy Doin, my buddy uh cactus gym trip and then big d we were all kind of writing and I, it would, it was a lot of collaborative writing we, we you know i'd just ask them questions and then they'd send me emails and i'd put it together and that was originally what fight game blog was uh at some point i decided that i was going to do a podcast now this is Late 2000s, probably like 07, 08 time frame, maybe even 09 action now that I think of it. I'd messed around with recordings before and uh, tested it with my kids and I'd interview my kids. And I was like, okay, let, let's see if we can do this. And, and Big D and I did a bunch of shows and we did it. Uh, we we kind of live streamed them on something called Blog Talk Radio. People remember Blog Talk Radio from back mm-hmm. in the day. And then D and I would do some, and then I think Jason Hagholm, when he was a much younger gentleman, he used to go by the name of the Dirty White Boy, <laughs> and we would do some stuff, and and that's like going into the early 2010. So I was just getting the reps of kind of how to do this. They were published, but they were not published very widely. I was just like posting a link for people to download it if they wanted to. Uh, no RSS feeds, so it'll go into Apple Podcasts like we have on these shows. And then, uh, so that was kind of that, and it was it was just really a, a, a testing ground for me to figure out how I wanted to do a show. So, at some point, uh, John LaRocca reaches out to me on Facebook. I'd never met John before. <laughs> and, you know, when Facebook gives you some information about somebody, you can click on their profile, even if you're not friends. The one person we had in common, I don't even know if you remember this, was um, Jessica Cortinas, who mm-hmm. was my buddy Vinny's wife, still is, I believe. I haven't talked to Vinny in forever because Vinny and I played semi-pro baseball together. We played baseball together for probably like seven or eight years. And so that was the one connection when John reached out to me. He's like, oh, you are both friends with Jessica Cortinas. <laughs> uh, and so then... John reaches out to me and he's like, hey, I, I see that you like wrestling and I have this <laughs> wrestling promotion that I'm doing and I know you live in Gilroy, so come check it out. And that was the introduction to to John. And I mean, I don't remember like if we really talked a lot in Facebook or if we then talked to each other at the premiere shows. 
Uh, but do you remember where our real first hangout was? Yeah, it was at uh, Big Dave Meltzer's house. I hope you, you came and I opened the door and you're like, what? <laughs> The promoter from Premier Wrestling's here too. So That'd be epic. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so uh so John opens the door and I was like, wow, that was the first time I'd ever been to Dave's house. How many times had you been going by then at that point? Uh at least a year and a half, I think. Four. So the, so the, the, the reason why I actually went to Dave's house is because I think I was in the midst of a move. And like I was like, ah, oh, you know, I don't have my cable box yet. This was before the network, so you still had to have cable to order the pay per view. <laughs> yeah. And it's quite possible that I wasn't going to even order the pay per view. But in my mind, I was like, I wonder if Dave would let me come over if I just tell him like I'm, I have this problem and I can't, you know, I can't order the show because I'm in between cable companies or whatever. And he's like, yeah, just you know, come over. You know, and Dave's schedule, I would soon learn. You know, there's a certain time when you email Dave that you can expect a response, and there's a certain time where you're lucky if you get a response because he's, you know, doing the reporting on his newsletter. So I must have timed it right because he sent me the thing, and then I figured out what his address was, and I showed up. And so, you know, when I'm going up there, I'm like, okay, I don't know Dave very well. I know him through the website. I know him through F4W. At that point... I'd been to many conventions and he and I had some pretty long conversations. So I know he would recognize me. I, I'd met him outside of that stuff too, just in, 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 uh, in, in town a couple times. And so I was like, Oh, well, what am I going to say when Dave does he, you know, what does his wife look like? You're just going through all these things. <laughs> and I knock on the door and it opens and I'm like, Oh, I know you. <laughs> and you live that, here. <laughs> what, well, what happened though is because you were there, it really just broke the ice and made everything so easy. Yeah. Like yeah. I wasn't like thinking about, Oh, I'm in Dave's house. I was like, Oh, that's John. I know John. This is mm -hmm. cool. Like we're both here. Like, Oh, fun. Now I don't have to worry about small talk with Dave. If he's focused, uh, is he, is he writing down the stuff? Like, how is he doing the report on this show? Can yeah. I talk to him? Is he too focused? Like that, those are the things going through my mind. And there's me and you. And I was like, Oh, okay. This is totally fine. And then, I don't know. We, it was just like every month we would just meet up at Dave's, right? Yeah, sometimes twice a month, depending on. Uh, back then it was a lot of MMA and wrestling too, as well. Yeah, yeah, UFC and stuff too. So, uh, in talking to John, I was like, "Wow!" Like John's really got a a great mind for this stuff, and he's really like the booking side of things and the logic, and this makes sense. And here's how you set up this. I figured at that point, I was like, huh, I think we can like really kind of work off of each other, you know, strengths and, and, and stuff. And at that point, you know, it's, it's probably a couple years in where I'm going to your shows and we're hanging out with Dave's hanging out with Dave's. And then gosh, maybe it's even like three years before I go, Hey, do you want to do this thing? Mm -hmm. And I think the big part of it was just like, you know, you and you and Katrina, your wife, uh, you didn't have kids yet, but, you know, not super like it's still fairly early in your marriage from what I remember. Yeah. And so you're like, OK, but, you know, I got to make sure that, you know, I can we can do this at the right time because I don't want to do this. And then all of a sudden have to stop. Like, so you wanted to make sure that 
it was good to go. And, you know, by that time I was divorced. I was like, oh, I got all the time in the world. I can, I can wait to, to whatever, like we can record whatever time you want. Yeah. And then, the, and then the show just kind of started and it was like the second iteration of what I was doing. And originally I think we put it on like SoundCloud. Like I think those first few episodes that we did, maybe like the first 50, nah, maybe not 50, no. at least like the first 20 or 30 episodes well, are on we SoundCloud. We want Flare podcast first, right? Was that the first one? I think I it might think. be. You you might be right. It might. Shit, be we did a Star Wars one too. Don't forget. <laughs> yeah, we. That was uh, when I was doing the ball so hard stuff. It, I was doing the it, ball so hard radio. We did a Star Wars one. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think we did. We want Flair first. I don't know. Was it we want Flair first? It or? might have. It might have just sort so. of been all involved. Like yeah. we want Flair might have been just uh, uh, like a. A, a fight game podcast that we had a specific angle on that we wanted to talk about. So what happens is that I'm able to uh, work with Blue Wire and mm-hmm. get us on the Blue Wire network, but that's not really until like 2018-ish time frame. So we were, maybe, we, maybe it was a full year of podcasts that mm-hmm. we had recorded. But, you know, I did some with other people, like Doohan would come on. Uh, Robert Silva would come on. You heard Robert Silva in the first segment of this. Uh, Big D and and, and uh, Draven would come on. So it wasn't just me and John, but that was kind of the rhythm that I wanted was, you know, if John and I can do like a regular thing and we can kind of find a rundown and a theme, maybe this can actually be something and when Blue Wire happened, I was like, okay, here's our opportunity. And right around the same time is when AEW debuts, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right around the same time. We're, we're kind of covering just the, we're covering WWE, MMA, some boxing. And then we're starting, then the, 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 the word started getting around. There's a new rest approach starting. That's when we started covering that as well. Yeah. So we, like, we literally, start to review AEW from episode one, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. We're yeah, for, definitely from episode one. And then our, and our, our theme of our show was basically covering the, uh, the Wednesday war, <laughs> Yeah, like, you know, at, uh, AEW and NXT being on the same night. And so that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Cause we would, so we would watch, I, 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 I would watch dynamite live. I don't know if, I don't know how you did it. Cause you, you actually still watch, I think you still watch the eight, the 8 PM one. I was watching the East coast version yes. of dynamite. Yes. So I'd watch dynamite and then I'd have like my thoughts on dynamite. And then the next day I would go into the office. And when I was on uh, the train, I would start, I would do my NXT watch. And so I'd watch some of it on the train mm-hmm. and I'd get to work and I watched some of it on the train back and then I'd watch later, and then we would record the show. I think we recorded on Thursday nights Thursdays. back then. Yeah, because I would um, watch NXT live with – because at the time, my daughter, my oldest, Chloe, was really into Rhea Ripley and watching with me, and and then I would watch Dynamite after because it was more adult-themed. And, yeah. And then uh, that I could – kind of just fast forward through a lot of stuff, a lot of long entrances that they have. And then we would record on, on Thursday night. Uh, I want to go back slightly though, because you were doing premiere and I was like, wow, like premiere is such a cool show. I, I would, we, Dave would come. So I'd get to hang out with Dave there too. Um, 
and it, and just seeing some of these guys who I was like, huh, like this guy and this guy I'm talking about, Jeff Cobb, is like this guy does some stuff that like people don't do on TV today, like just the stuff that he was doing back then. Yeah, and so uh, Oliver John and Jeff Cobb have a match at premiere. And I just got knee surgery, but my kids are with me. So we're like in the front row or whatever of this like super great match. Uh, you know, one of the best, probably I'm trying to think of, you know, from independent wrestling match perspective, like that was up there for me as far as, mm-hmm. you know, one of the best matches that I've seen that was not like a WWE or whatever at that time, a professional show. And like my kids will even tell me today, they're like, "Yeah, you know, back back at premiere, like that stuff was really cool back then." Like, uh, you know, the, they'll they'll reminisce a little bit, like, you know, how's Jeff doing? So, it's, you know, how's Jr. doing or whatever. Same with my cousin Bruce. Remember my cousin Bruce used to come, oh, yeah, Bruce Santa, and, and he's got the the pictures. He still posts those pictures on the anniversaries with uh, his daughter and mm. Jr. When Jr. was your champion, so I I, I wanted to go back because. When I was still doing the Fight Game Blog radio show, I interviewed JR. I interviewed Jeff. You had actually booked Shayna's second ever pro wrestling match. I interviewed Shayna. Uh, I interviewed um, Colleen, Colleen, who who at that time was was dating Josh Barnett. Mm -hmm. And then I also interviewed... The the today uh, the, you know Carl Frederick who is now Eddie Thorpe in in WWE today so that was when even before you and I started recording regularly I was doing interviews with all of those people because I was like this is a good opportunity for me and for them because that you know part of being a pro wrestler is talking and doing media and stuff and I was like oh this is kind of good for both of us because I haven't done this a lot mm-hmm. and they haven't done it a lot either. So it's yeah. kind of good for both of us. And I remember one time there was one show where Kratos even in his post fight, uh, post match promo even mentioned the podcast uh, <laughs> that that I did with him. I thought oh, that's really cool. Yeah. And my kids thought that was cool. So that was even before you and I did it. But that you know that was a real that was an avenue for me to kind of dive a little bit deeper into doing this stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was bl- it was a blast. I mean, premiere. Was definitely a blast. One of my favorite things I've ever done, and um, I miss it, you know. But you know, the circumstances today, my life, the family, you know, married, three kids, it's just yeah, you could not be way running too much. A, a, every, you know, monthly or every two months or whatever wrestling. Yeah, and just I mean, the weekends are so packed with stuff, and um, it's just you know, I think I it sucked to give it up, but I also think I made the right Carl. You just stress wise, you know, when when my son Hunter was born, yeah, too. I was like, okay, there's, <laughs> you know, oh no, actually before that it was Chloe, and I was it was a little after Chloe was born. I was like, you know what, I gotta kind of kick back on this uh, a bit, and you know, but luckily, thanks to you, and thanks for you know bringing this opportunity to me. Like the fight game podcast has you know helped my creative outlet with wrestling, mm-hmm. keep me involved and. And, um, yeah, I love, I love the show. I love doing it every week and it's fun to talk and it's fun to get the feedback from the fans. And a lot of, it was, it always cracks me up when I hear like people get, you know, I'm, you know, upset with some stuff I say, but you know, it's, I'm just trying to, you know, give my honest opinion on stuff. And, but it, and I think we've had some great episodes and we still do we continue. I think this one we just recorded was a lot of fun. 
But like when we both like, because you know what's cool about what I like about our podcast, and like what I the feedback I get from the people that listen, they like that we're we have different opinions on stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not just because I that's the podcast I just don't like when it's like they're one hundred percent agreement in everything. It's just like yeah. I want the back and forth. You know, I want to I want get I want to see here two sides of the coin. You know, I want and so I love it. I love it when 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 we do that, and I think a lot of people get it. Enjoy that as well. So I get this connection with Blue Wire, and we actually start doing the podcast for a network, which is the Blue Wire Network. I st- the the Fight Game Media Network. This podcast that you're listening to right now is on the Blue Wire Network. I've kept that relationship even after we moved mm-hmm. the Fight Game podcast from Blue Wire to F4W. So. We start doing it, and we actually, like, it's not a lot of money, but you actually, you know, I'd been doing this forever for free, and so to actually get a little bit of a stipend monthly, uh, that was kind of cool, and yeah. it was like, oh, wow, like, you know, we're getting paid for downloads, and, you know, how many ads get played on your show and stuff, and, you know, we were doing it weekly, at that point. And I was then trying to do a second show. And this is maybe where we want flair came to is we were just trying to get more people to recognize what we were doing. And some of that it's, you know, you just have to do more shows or what, what about this theme that we want flair theme, you know, it was really just going over, you know, some of the special moments of flair's career and digging through flair's book and digging through the observers and what was going on at that time. And, you know, we had the, some fun clips of, of episodes where, you know, I was like reading back and go like, Oh wow. In 1988, <laughs> Vince McMahon really tried to get Ric Flair from, you know, Man. WCW. I didn't, I didn't know this, this whole story. So this stuff was really, really fun stuff like that. And so the podcast is growing and lo and behold, the pandemic hits. Now, there are some really sad and negative things about the pandemic. I, you know, there are people who are still dealing with mm-hmm. a lot of the things that happen, right? So I don't want to make this sound like a a great thing, you know, for us. There were positives that we got because of the pandemic. One of them is that uh, Dave wants me to do a show, and he's like, uh, can we record with Moxley? And I was like... Yeah, of course. Like I'll set it up. We'll get it working. And John uh, comes on with us, and we do the show. John's always a great guest. He's you know kind of like you know he he's very honest with what he says, right? He just you know he's not always going to give you the pat <laughs> answer that you expect. And so uh, after the show's over, John's like. Uh, you know, he's like, you do some some other fighting stuff, right? And I was like, uh, yeah, you know, we do some MMA stuff and some boxing stuff. He's like, yeah, I heard about the fight game. I was like, first of all, how did John Moxley hear about the fight game podcast? <laughs> I didn't, because this is before we had even moved the fight game podcast over to F4W. We were still yeah. on Blue Wire, but I was starting to do stuff with Dave. And so then he's like, yeah, you know, if if you you know if you need if you if you need a guest, like, and so I think. He was just he he has an outlet in that he's a giant MMA fan, and this is before you know his his private life kind of gets spilled onto the internet because of how the how crazy the the pro wrestling coverage got, 
And so he was like, yeah, like this sounds fun. And he needed a creative outlet. And so he and I started doing shows. Justin Nipper would come on with me. And, you know, we would do these shows with Mox. And it was it was a it was a cool thing. Uh, kind of one of those things where you're like, you know, th- this is not going to last for a long time because his career is kind of going. And, you know, when they start touring again, when the pandemic is over, his, you know, he's going to be all, in all kinds of places. So we got a, but we did get a bunch of those in. And mm-hmm. those are always the, the 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 podcasts, the episodes that were the highest rated episodes that we we've done or most downloaded would have been Moxley, except could never beat Brian Alvarez. I think I did <laughs> like two shows with Brian Alvarez, and they were always the most downloaded shows that I ever did. Like Brian's got such a crazy reach with pro wrestling fans. So, but going back to this pandemic, uh, lots of people sad and frustrated and it's hard like some of their jobs are are, they're not there because of what they did for a living and i'd always uh been friendly with uh ryan frederick who writes uh, for the wrestling observer newsletter he does the the ufc section or helps stay with the ufc section writes up the show reports and uh, our buddy paul fontaine who we first really got to know at the Cauliflower Alley Club. Yes. When Dave got inducted. We we really got to hang out and, and meet and, and get to know Paul during that time frame. Filthy Tom Lawler was also there. Brian Alvarez is also there. And uh so I you know, I knew Paul was always you know, Paul's the kind of guy who he you know, he not to say that he ever would want to change his life, but he knows that what his life became was what his life had to become. But, you know, he has dreams like everyone else to be a broadcaster or whatever. So I always knew that Paul would be game to do some stuff, you know, w- with me. And I, so I, I, I knew I had Paul who would be willing. We had Justin Nipper. Justin's writing for the uh, Observer website at that point. I had you. um and I had Robert, obviously Robert Silva. I knew that he would do a show, so we put together the Fight Game podcast or the Fight Game Media Network. And the original idea of the network was to utilize Patreon. So Patreon, we still have the Patreon today, but we went Patreon first before we decided to go free feed. Mm-hmm. And one of our first projects was WWF Raw 1997 because I, I like I still hadn't seen every episode and by 97 I was in college and I was like not watching week to week and it's yeah. a hot run of WWF and I'd always wanted to go through re, you know revisit that time frame so you and I did like a WWF uh, history show and so we had a bunch of shows on a Patreon. We probably shows like, I don't know, four shows a week or whatever. The original, original version of it. So now that meant you and I had to do two shows. What we would do is we would record the Fight Game podcast, and then we'd go back to back. So we'd have these marathon <laughs> recordings. I know you remember that because there were some sleepy nights for us, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember those. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was, but it was a lot of fun to go back and check out Raw from 1997. Like, I mean, I, I remember watching it every week, but I, it's one of those eras I really didn't like go back and revisit. Like, I would usually probably go back and revisit like 
WWE 89 or something like that, you know. But uh, yeah, it was fun to go back and check out the rise of Stone Cold and the, the, the ultimate the Attitude Era, right? Yeah, yeah. Because then, then we did 98 a- after that, and we forbid to do 99. We're like, hey, <laughs> yeah, we're no. like, no, okay, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. Yeah. Uh, so we kind of kick this Patreon off the ground, and uh, at this point, I'm I'm listening to a podcast. It's a Gimlet Media podcast. It's called Startup. Now, I work for a startup company. I've, I've always, you know, I've mostly worked for startup companies. So this is kind of right in my wheelhouse. And this this is what kind of inspired me to, to put this network together is this startup podcast. And I was like, oh, maybe I can kind of do something. And, that, and all of these other ones were, were, were going up too. Uh, John Pollock, who I had on this very podcast last week, I kind of look to John as he—he's not not. I don't look at to him as like a a trendsetter or a tastemaker. I look to him as somebody who's probably done research in something that I'm interested in doing, and an outlet. He's like a guy who I can reach out to and just kind of, what do you think about this? And he's always been really cool about doing that for me. And so I, I talked to him. And I was like, hey, can we hang out on Zoom for a second? I just want to know how you guys do this thing. And Because Post Wrestling has mm-hmm. a Patreon to their product. And so I talked to him about it. And that's how we kind of came up with the idea. But the hook originally for the Patreon was that I would have Dave once every couple months. And I would have Moxley once every couple months. Now, the pandemic starts to end. Moxley's back on the road. So the Moxley piece of it wasn't exactly there anymore. And I think that kind of stalled out what, what we could have done. Mm. So then I was like, you know what? Why don't we do a free network? Because I had all of these people reach out to me who wanted to do shows. And so uh, I was like, you know, uh uh, James B. McDaniel. I was like, ah, I've always loved James B. McDaniel's voice. He has such a fantastic voice. I knew he had done UFC yeah. stuff. Paul, I think Paul reached out to him for me to, to with the idea of doing AEW because he had said in our Facebook uh, group, which uh, we I, I'm I am not on Facebook anymore, so I can't. I, I don't know what's <laughs> in that group anymore. I'm trying to get it shut down to move people over to the Discord, but. Uh, I think Paul had said, you know, James really loves AEW. He loves it, you know, so much. It's kind of rekindled his interest in in wrestling. I was like, oh, James is a great guy. Who can we pair him up with? And we had come up with all these ideas. And Kevin Ely, who I'd never even known really outside. I, I knew him in the group, but I'd never met him before. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know if he was interested. I forgot. I forgot why I reached out to him or how I reached out to him or who. Maybe Paul reached out to him for me. And then he was interested, and I was like, okay, like he's 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 media savvy for sure. Like Kevin knows what's going on, and so we decided to have a uh, a free feed, which had an AEW show, and then Keila Cash, who I just think is dynamic. Like she's a fantastic talent. I wanted to pair her up with somebody to do a WWE show in the free feed, and the idea was. We'd have five shows, Monday through Friday, WWE, AEW, Justin was doing shows with Fumi, 
Fumisei Ito, and you're like, oh my gosh, you got like the Dave Meltzer of Japan like on our network. How cool is that? And um, Robert's show, and then the MMA show with, with Paul and Ryan. And then all of a sudden, Mike Gilbert's like, hey, I want to do something. He's like, I'll do an Impact show. He was writing stuff for Impact. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, let's get Mike in. Let's get JD in. You know, J- Justin's buddy was, was JD. And then we pair Keel up with Scott Young. And so we had this like whole thing. I was like, oh my God, like all this stuff is kind of coming together. But people, when I tell you this, building a podcast network is <laughs> flipping hard mm-hmm. because I'm the only producer. So I have to produce all of these shows and, you know, you know, I think my wife knows like she's got an early teacher's schedule because she works at a school, though she's not a teacher. She's a psychologist. So she's in bed by like nine o'clock. And then I look at nine o'clock and I go, oh, that means I got like three hours of work <laughs> like that. I can do. <laughs> like that's how I look at it. And so uh, I, that's where I, you know, produce all of our stuff and I put it up and I set it up. But anyways. I was like, oh, now we have like these two networks. We have the Patreon, which we moved just me and you. Mm-hmm. And originally, Mike Gilbert's show was on the Patreon. And then we kind of did this dual thing where it's part on Patreon, part on Free Feed. And we were just, I mean, we've been doing the, the network now for over two years. And it's been crazy. Then you, we decided to do shows on the weekend because you're like, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll do a solo show. And I was like, okay, we'll have a mm-hmm. weekend show. Then we found Scott Edwards through Parker. Because Parker, uh, Parker was doing a Joshi show for us, and Scott yeah. Edwards was his co-host, and then Parker uh, was getting into the teaching thing, so he had to step away. He couldn't do it regularly anymore. Scott's taking it over now. Scott's like the guy with Joshi stuff right now. Like, I know that he doesn't. You know, he still thinks like Scott's mentality is like, you know, I, I need to be better. I need to do more. And I'm like, dude, you're doing so good. Like this thing is a climb, right? Scott's mm-hmm. so good with the Joshi stuff. So then right around that time, I was like, should we try to get the fight game podcast on F4W? Like, how would that even work? Like, <laughs> is this just like an, is like Brian Alvarez going to just like laugh? Mm-hmm. And so I asked Dave, I was like, what do you think? And he's like, I think you should. I think you should email him. He's like, I. I think it's a cool idea. So I email Brian, and Brian was like, "Yeah, I think some of it is because I was now doing one one show a week with Dave with Wrestling Observer Radio, and so he now he trusted me because he knew I was going to work hard to try and make that show sound as good as humanly possible. And I, look, I, I invest in this stuff, right? It's it is a passion of mine, but it is also a hobby. And when you have a hobby. You invest in it. You don't really care. Like, let, let's say you have like a, you know, you buy Jordans, right? Like, you just spend so much money on Jordans. You don't actually expect any of that investment to come back. You're just like, oh, this is just my hobby. And that's how I treated this thing. So, reached out to Brian. And I, I remember asking you, and you're like, hell yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, first you said, Am I going to get an increase in pay? <laughs> and then you said, "If so, hell yeah!" Yeah, and so, yeah, 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 yeah. And so we work, we worked that out. And uh, and Tony Leader has been great to to mm-hmm. work, you know, work for and and work with. There's a little he, I, you know, I think he trusts me to do some stuff for him as well, as well as Andrew Zarian. Me, Andrew Zarian, and Denise Salcedo all kind of came to the network at a similar time. So it was like this sort of influx of of new 
new faces and, and voices uh, on F4W. So I think I think we've done a pretty good job of, mm-hmm. you know, maybe giving giving some varied thoughts and, and voices to that network. So we got two networks. Now our show is on F4W. And it's just like, how did we get on the same network as like Dave Meltzer? Like, you know, Dave is our friend. Yeah. So, like, you can it, it maybe probably doesn't hit us as hard as it should, but you know, this is like the guy, right? Like, I was buying Observers in the late '90s, but I was buying the National, or my dad was buying the National yeah. in the early '90s. So I was reading Dave when I was like 13, 14 years old, and then to to be you know then to get to know him and be friends, but then to do work like our show on his network him and brian's network so that that was kind of just like one of those moments where you're like okay like this is really cool and you know but we also had to turn the show up a notch right like we couldn't do the same thing and you know we had a new audience we had a bigger audience mm-hmm. and you know we tried so many different things we did the um you were you'll remember this because it's not that long ago but we did like the way that we reviewed nitro i mean not nitro (laughs) dynamite and nxt was uh three things we liked and three things we disliked remember that that was good yeah i like that that was good and then uh we changed it we changed once nxt stopped running uh and then became this 2.0 version we're like okay like we're you know this is this is a lot of work and this show's not great so maybe let's just focus on dynamite and then we went more <laughs> then we went more to like a dynamite rundown which we don't even do today mm-hmm. we do the big picture like what are the main topics of, of AEW yes. uh, of dynamite so that's kind of how we do it today um but yeah so you know now fast forward in you know to 2023 and it's uh this network is growing the the free network is growing the patreon is still really a hard kind of puzzle for me to unlock mm-hmm. uh, i think we have the right shows on the patreon we have the dynamite show as well with jeff hawkins and and uh paul i know a lot of people dig that show like you know I, that's why i make sure to get that show up as soon as i can because i know people watch dynamite and then they kind of want to hear what what paul and jeff have to say so i try and get that one up as early as possible but yeah, you know, the Patreon still I I wish there were other things that I could do if I, you know, if I had even 5 more hours during the week, I think I could figure out some of this stuff, but the free feed is where I think there's so much potential for us and we just recently changed up the free feed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh I now have I've never had a show on the free feed before and I now I have this show, the Fight Game Podcast Extra. Um, my goal with this show is to kind of just interview people, talk to people in wrestling, uh, talk to people about certain, uh, subjects about little projects they're doing. Like I want to talk to, um, Ian Douglas at some point, cause he just wrote the, he wrote the, uh, Steve Kern book with Steve yeah. Kern. He also wrote the Brian Blair book. I read a lot of that book. That book's really good. So, you know, I just kind of want to, you know, People who are out there, I want to just talk to them and learn about stuff. And, you know, people who are writing books, people who are running websites. That's why I interviewed John Pollock the other day. Uh, that's my. That's where my interest is. But you also have a show on Sunday. You're, you're our Sunday show. 
and you're always like thinking about you know how do I change you know what do I want to do yeah. the idea of evolution like I'm always for it because I think that as long if you if you yourself as the podcaster feel like you can be creative I just think that you'll do better work yeah yeah and then I'll be talking about that on a on the show this Sunday about where the take it on podcast is going. I'm going to change things up a little bit and, um, um, did some brainstormings with Jerry Feinstone and talk to you about it, you know, before we started recording here. And I think it's gonna be fun. It's going to help me out too, as well, get my, uh, creative juices flowing. And, and, uh, I think it's going to be interactive with the audience and be a good time. Yeah. And good to mention Jeremy, cause Jeremy, stepped into a function because the other piece of this (laughs) that is uh it's not something you really think about when you kind of produce this network but there's a youtube piece of this where you kind of have to be on youtube now because everything is video everything is live stream you know we do a portion of our podcast on video but that is so that i could clip it up for uh for the f4w youtube page jeremy has really been a great help in getting all these videos up he's got an interest in it because he had a i think he's got like a movie degree from back in the day and so this kind of scratches an itch for him but uh but yeah so you know now where we are it's just we're just trying to grow I really want to bring our website back because I had to put a lot of the website stuff on hold. It's just taking mm-hmm. up too much of my time, but I want to bring the website back. Um, and, you know, trying to figure out how to continue to grow it in 2023. But, you know, this whole thing, I, I want you to realize I would have had a version of my website. I would have had a version of a podcast but this actual podcast, the Fight Game Podcast, and this, the Fight Game Podcast Extra, this doesn't happen if you don't slide into my Facebook Messenger DMs. <laughs> that sliding DMs, man, have really uh, <laughs> changed the course of histories many times. So, yeah, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I got to, to meet you and become friends with you. And um, the circle of friends we have, you know, shout out to Heartbreak Kid, David Rubio, and Jeremy and Brian and John and I mean shit you know it's 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 great it's a great thing you know that's life that's life man things just one thing starts and then just just kind of butterflies to the next and yeah you know. and the, and the thing that I've always liked is I I I'm not this like selfish person like when when something cool happens like this little circle of wrestling friends that we have here in the bay area <laughs> like there are some people who are like Oh, I know Dave and I get to hang out with Dave. I'm not telling anybody because I don't want anybody else to take away my Dave time, right? Like there there are people who are like that. Wow. But to me, I was like, oh, like we get to do this really cool thing. I want to share that with other people to be mm-hmm. able to do this really cool thing. And sometimes we wouldn't even tell Dave. We would just tell people to come over. Yeah. Uh but like when I met David Rubio for one of the conventions, he was just getting over a breakup and he drove all the way from San Jose to uh to las vegas and once i knew he was from san jose and like you know what what a you know what a sweet dude he is just as a human being you can't not like david and so i was like oh you know you're you're in you're in with this you know with this group like you're just you're just a part of this thing now like if you want in like just come through you know you're you're one of us and uh, you know, heart, the, then we, we started calling him the heartbreak kid. Cause he's, he, some of the favorite times of hanging out with him. This is his, 
pre-current very strong relationship but his dating stories were for for you a married dude and for me who was divorced <laughs> these were like our livelihoods in the dating you know with him on the dating scene so yeah those yeah. are fun and then then yeah brian ruano also from the bay area uh, and then jeremy uh we met jeremy at an i he actually i want to say i don't know if it was a new japan show that that we met him uh there was a san jose uh, WWE show that I think he may have DM'd me, uh, and you know he was he had somehow found us, and so we, <laughs> you know we brought him in as well. But uh, that is the that is the genesis, that is the story uh, of this network, of this show, of what you and I do, of our friendship. So I wanted to tell that story, and before we go, I wanted to shout out all of our podcasters here on this network, Keila Cash. Just a fabulous voice, <clears throat> Scott Young. Who him and Keila crack me up. I did a show with them post WrestleMania, and I could not stop laughing. I almost was gonna have to like stop the show because I couldn't stop laughing. We had created a uh, <clears throat> a more charismatic version or a, a, a different character version of uh, Bobby Lashley. We called him Roberto because that's Bobby Lashley's real name, his first name. Uh, but that was, oh, we were dying. Uh, Kevin Ely, of course, James B. McDaniel, Paul Fontaine, Ryan Frederick, Robert Silva, Fumi Saito, who I've never met before, by the way, just mm-hmm. obviously always knew the name, but he and Justin, Justin Nipper are, are tight and have a great show. Uh, Mike Gilbert, J.D. Oliva, they just rebranded from Brace for Impact to their brand new show, The Mike and J.D. Show. Uh, you're, you... John LaRocca, yourself, Jeff Hawkins, Scott Edwards, and then our YouTube-only shows, Jeremy Finestone, Stephen Conway covering New Japan, and last but not least, the Power Bombshells, Sam and Mel. Uh, Thank you to all of you people who really make this network what it is. I I make sure to... I, I need to sort of steer the ship, but everybody... You know, everybody delivers great content, and it's 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 just fun, man. It's just fun to go. I have this network, and these are all the people who who help me. And I hope that I hope they all you know get get some sort of notoriety and the little bit of money that that we all get from it. It's not really worth it. Uh, you know, I I wish it was five times as much, and that's sort of <laughs> my my goal is to make it even more worth it. But. Yeah, man, this is uh, this has been a blast, and I hope we can continue doing it. Yeah, that, I I love it. You know, every week, every week, my wife sometimes gets like, "Oh, what are you doing now?" <laughs> <She's> just... <laughs> but I have a schedule, and and it works out. But yeah, I, I, we're gonna. I think we're gonna continue on, continue on, right? Like, there's no stopping us, and it's gonna grow. We'll build our audience, and I think uh, more and more people are are tuning in, not to our show, but our. our all our shows on the fight game media network. We have a, like you mentioned, all the people we named are great shows. I listen to all of them. I don't know how I listen to all these podcasts. Now I used to remember, <laughs> I, you remember I said, I never get a chance to listen to podcasts, yeah, but now, now I'm in a different position at work where I don't have to worry about, you know, I can just put my earbuds in and start listening to stuff. So I listen to, I listen to everything and on our own feed, but other, other podcasts as well. And um, I'm glad I'm not glad. I'm glad I'm doing this. I'm glad I'm doing it with you. And uh, to anybody who wants to do a podcast or who's like, you know, maybe they don't get as many downloads as as maybe they thought they should. 
the whole thing, the way that I treat this and I tell these guys all the time is like everything is an experiment. It's just a living experiment. You are not tied down to anything. You can change it. You can do some research and go, oh, maybe I should do this. Like it's always up for grabs as far as us. And, and you know, we, we've changed the rundown for the Fight Game podcast probably like six or seven times already in the, you know, five years or whatever that we've done this show. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, just treat it as an experiment, man. You don't be locked into anything. Always be open to change or to just maneuver. You don't have to like full blown change everything, but if you know, just take a little bit here, change this here, do this here, as long as it kind of keeps you being creative and and such. That would be my advice if you do want to do this. But all right, man. Thanks for helping me reminisce there. Uh, I wanted to, for, you know, for the, we're getting new listeners, you know, constantly. So I wanted people who maybe didn't know our history, maybe mm-hmm. didn't know the the Big Dave part of our history. Uh, and now, now we may get some people who are like, oh, I live in San Jose. Can I come hang out and watch <laughs> Dave's? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. We'll, 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 we'll do it. There, there's a guy, um, I, I, I haven't met him. I've talked to him on social media, but he lives in Sunnyvale. And so the next time we try and get together, I want to invite him out. He was the one who, I, you, you're, you'll remember who this is. Uh, you won't remember the name, but you'll remember this person. Remember when we were in, uh, at the New Japan show in San Jose, there was that photo of Bailey going around? Yeah. He's the one who took the photo that Sean Ross Sapp then retweeted, <laughs> and that was the photo that went around, and it was from this guy. So I told him, I was like, "Yeah, man, we're we're in Sunnyvale. You know, we're gonna if you want to come through and we'll, go to we'll figure out something. Yeah, yeah, go to cons or go to uh, other Rubio's Pizza Place in Sunnyvale. Oh, that place is good too. Yeah, so we'll do something, but soon. But yeah, if you are if you're in the Bay Area. Hit us up. We'll, 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 uh, we, we like to go hang out and chill and, and meet people who love this stuff for whatever reason like we do. Uh, all right, John, thanks again for doing this. I also want to thank Robert Silva for previewing the big fight. Ryan Garcia, Tank Davis, uh, and John for doing it. And, and next week, I have, some, I have some irons in the fire. There's some, uh, some of the guys from Ringer Wrestling I want to talk about. I already mentioned Ian Douglas. Uh, and and others uh, who I've reached out to uh, who I want to do some shows with. So if you also, gg at fightgamemedia.com, if there are people who are out there and, and you like their work and you know maybe they, they would like some exposure, shoot those names over to me. I'm always looking for new people to talk to, new people to listen to, new people to read. Uh, so uh, yeah, so for John and for Robert Silva, I'm Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.